You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 22 of the Life in Ruins podcast, where we investigate the careers of those living a life in ruins. I'm your host, Carlton Gover, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Connor Johnnan and David Ian Howe. Hey guys, do you know uh, you know what this episode is? Um, no. Is it a prime number? <laughs> I don't. I don't really. I don't understand numbers. numbers. Yeah. See, there you go. I already Connor, messed up. Do you have any? <laughs> Connor, do you know what this episode is? Oh, is it this? Is this the thousandth year anniversary of? Someone getting straight murdered in the archaeological record? Well, uh, possibly. Is it Otsi Day? I mean, I imagine <laughs> it, is, it is not Otsi Day. Call up I have no idea what Otsi Day is. <laughs> uh, no, actually today, this episode will come out uh, almost a, a little after a year of our first episodes premiering on the Archaeology Podcast Network. Oh, Wow. We made it a full year. Who would have thunk? Yeah, who would have thought? <laughs> we didn't get who fired. <laughs> we didn't get shut down. China didn't ban us. Hashtag free Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why free him? Isn't he isn't he in prison in China? I thought that was the big deal that he's oh, he's locked no, up in a no, labor no, camp. No, it's that Xi Jinping looks like Winnie the Pooh, and he's pissed off that people compare him to Winnie the Pooh. And now you just said hashtag free Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sure. In which case, they're probably reinstated though, so we're good. Mm. <laughs> we haven't a whole um, fucking year. Yeah, we haven't had a cease and desist from our uh, our normal people we hate, Jane Goodall. Um, Esri, Esri hasn't shut us down. <laughs> Esri yeah, hasn't Jane shut us down. We're probably going to get a letter from her soon. <laughs> 22 episodes. This is our 22nd episode. We've done 22 episodes in a year. Jesus. We've covered a lot. Um, <laughs> That's 22 hours. That's too short time. of double. <laughs> I mean, but that's not even counting the Instagram, the meetings. We've done God knows how many grad students we have with whatever Bernie <laughs> Taylor is on the show. Interviewed, not done. <laughs> God knows Interviewed. how many a finite amount. There's twenty two of them. So let's we can we can break this down. <laughs> yeah. I mean I I'm you know, when we first started this and we were talking with our now producer Chris Webster. You know, he wanted to make sure we could at least do 10 episodes. And, uh, God, we're, this is our 22nd. We have six more already booked into, I don't even, I think our earliest opening is in September now for, for a slot. You're forgetting, or I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, good point. Not that you're, you're not forgetting anything. To add to that, we also got uh, the interest of, a very special party. A very special. <laughs> so, uh, can can we say it? Can we announce it? Who we got? I mean, it's not Megan Fox. So, like, everyone else, <laughs> they're like, right. whatever we say now is just going to be a low blow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's not uh, it's not Megan Fox. It's not it's not Giorgio Sukalos. Or... No, I do know her agent. I have we we email. Uh, <laughs> never mind. No, we're getting the world-renowned archaeologist and wizard Robert L. Kelly on the podcast and wizard. Not oh, only and, are, and wizard. Not only are we getting him, he asked to be on. Well, I don't know if I don't know if he he didn't like ask. To, like he said, "When are you having me on the podcast?" He said, "When are you guys going to interview me?" Exactly. That's. <laughs> Oh, we made it like that. That was the moment. Like that was like, okay, we got Bob's, we got Bob's blessing. Very true. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, 
I mean, I hope so. I mean, we've marketed the fifth beginning, God knows how many times. Like every podcast I've ever been on. I'm like, hey, guys, beginning. Um, let's talk about like this. I think it's the second beginning. I can't remember. I haven't read it. I actually haven't finished it. It's like a three page book, too. That is the only book my parents have read. Like, they haven't even read my thesis, but they've read Bob's book. Like, they, like they know his stuff. They don't know, they don't know mine. Did and, I tell uh, you guys the time I went to Bob's house to pick some? I forget what it was. I think I was picking up a deer hide, uh, which I never tanned for him. Whoops. Um, that's probably why he hates me. But I went, <laughs> I went to pick it up and I was like, hey, uh, I'm almost done with your book. And he was like, David, it's meant to be read cover to cover on an airplane. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you know, I can't read, so bear with me. <laughs> well uh do we just want to like kind of reflect on this whole i mean it's the this show started off as just like text messages of me trying to convince you guys to be on then it was like three months of prep we have like three or four episodes we never released and they're just like drafts that will that the public will never hear in their lifetime we have an instagram channel we have a website which we need to develop it's just it's just sitting there unpublished we have a website we've gone through fiverr artists left and right we have youtube content like we need to stop doing fiverr (laughs) i got bent over by the last one to make that youtube stuff and i'm not happy about it like it was okay but then i was like hey guys this is how much did it cost and david's like what i could do that i was just like well fuck there's two hundred dollars down the drain. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. Let it try. Oh man, and we did the math the other day, which and we won't give you exact numbers, but the amount of money we've put into this podcast is kind of it's a little a little scary and a little daunting. And it's all negatives because we haven't gotten a single penny from any of this. Like it's it's we're just dumping money away without any return, which is I mean. There's a reason why we don't have a Patreon or a GoFundMe. It's like, you know, we wanted to do this and now we're here. Now we're here. Um, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm super grateful for both of you for being on and, and doing this fucking show and dealing with my lunacy. And, you know, this started off as, you know, I know David had heard me talk about podcasts since I got to the University of Wyoming. Oh yeah, <laughs> and no one believed in it. And uh, <laughs> well, and even even all of our friends in archaeology thought we were morons for doing this. And now all of them are clamoring to be on and be what featured. What a big and- asterisk on podcast <laughs> back back three years ago. <laughs> but yes, but yes, you did have, you did have this idea a few years ago. <laughs> it was different. It was going to be inebriated archaeology, and we just got drunk as hell and. What do you guys think about um, just getting Jason Tui on the podcast and just like he eats spicy wings talking about cuisines? And we just we just throw it on YouTube. And I was like, no, why? Who would watch that? I was I was really deep in the uh, in the uh, what is hot hot ones. And I was like, you know what? Just getting Jason Tui on, asking questions about cuisine and the archaeological record and having him sweat over some hot rings. The, other, the crazier one was having Melissa Murphy on to talk about like bioarc with like a giant table of operation that was like hooked up to a car battery. <laughs> that one was like far more outlandish. <laughs> That's dope. See, now... Sorry, I'm like... Heard that one. Um... It was like one hour a day. I'm like not supposed to eat, and it's like this hour. But hey, um, two things at once. Uh, yeah, like now that we have like a cult following and like some groupies and shit, um, now we can do that stuff. And like we have people that would be into it, and that's the stuff we can hype up and be like, "Yo, donate twenty bucks and like watch Melissa Murphy fucking shock herself <laughs> playing Operation." She wouldn't be down with that. Murphy is a classy, wonderful woman. Uh, we need to get. <laughs> uh, you know who'd be down for that? Um, Connor. Yeah, I can't think of anyone. <laughs> Connor. Connor would be down. 
Yeah, just like instead oh. of you know, like you know, having tweezers, it's just like metal grill tongs. <laughs> oh, yeah, Dental tools. Yeah, think, yeah, or can... <laughs> Laura Cannon would do it. Oh, she free. absolutely would. I haven't. Yeah. Oh God. Um, anyway, so. no one knows who those people are, so we need to just stop doing that. Yeah. So. No, what was, other iterations? Yeah, whole year of doing this. What other iteration iterations? I mean, that or was what, kind of yeah. Was that your those your main big ones? You're jumping it was off like, yeah, idea? YouTube. I, I think Dr. Eric Robinson, who we're interviewing soon, like the next episode. His idea was to is was for me to go down to Colorado with the professor, get stoned to shit in high altitude, and talk about like high altitude archaeology while being high. <laughs> And, high <laughs> and we would have just, I would have just died because a, like, you know, I don't do that, which is, you know, to each their own, but it would have just been, it would have just been fucking miserable. So, I mean, there was like little stuff like that here and there, but it was just mostly kind of fun bar talk. And, you know, I think, uh, I think a big thing to talk about is as, as we started this podcast, like our friends didn't take us seriously. No. Like everyone Doubt. I want to say doubted, but uh, I mean, I, I, I remember like a lot of people we were telling about it. They were like, yeah, I don't want to be on like you guys do you. And that's why like a lot of, I think our early episodes weren't anyone from Wyoming because we basically conned a bunch of people we didn't know into thinking that we were uh, more legitimate than we really were. It's all about that letter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, we have David's documentation and our letters and like how we conduct this. It's like, it's on point. And I know uh, people uh, who we do know, and we send out like the official letter of notice and then the scripts, they're like, wait, you guys are serious about this? We're like, yeah, we don't just come on here and just shoot the shit. Like we, we have a plan. Yeah. Shane was like a lot of cousins that, uh, Oh, you got it. Yeah. I was going to say <laughs> Dr. Shane Miller, who we just had on the last show was like perplexed. Like it was like, is this, is this the podcast that I listened to? We get this like fancy ass letter. It was like, what? What is this? With watermarks and like fine print disclaimers on it. Like, <laughs> I made it look good. And I, I think that's just like a testament that we're able, like, as everyone's mentioned before, like when Chris was on for our New Year's episode, like how we have such rapport with each other that it feels so like informal yet stimulating. And, you know, to for people who have known us in graduate school and like know our, us in our personal lives, they're just like can't even fathom that we have this level of uh, administration behind us and like you know professionalism. We yeah, take CVs, <laughs> yeah, like we all, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, on the you know, we have you know, everyone that we get, we get their CV and they add their resumes so we can build questions off of it and you know. So, I mean, yeah. what, uh, I mean, what, what have your, been your guys' takeaways since we started this over, over a year ago? Um, I don't, I don't know, Connor, you go. No, I, I so the, my biggest takeaways, uh, you know, as everyone knows, is I spend most of my time kind of in this CRM world where I work, um, you know, as, as a professional and I'm kind of dis, I felt kind of disconnected from the academic realm in those senses. I mean, you can consider them two different realms, but they overlap and, and whatnot. But I was spending most of my time kind of in this uh, professional realm, doing work, finishing projects sort of thing. Um, and I miss this academic kind of fun kind of banter, you know, this, this, uh, this experience that, um, I had in graduate school. Um, you know, we had a, was it talking beer, drinking anthropology? We had like a, a club that we would, you know, discuss articles about and just that. like, yeah, yeah. And just like have a beer and chat with the, some of your cohort, you know, PhD students, whatever. And it was, I just, those are some of the fondest memories I have of, of college. So this gets me back. This podcast kind of gets me back into this academic realm but also lets me enjoy those fun parts of it. And I am so grateful to have you two be here, Carlton and David, to kind of 
allow for that um, hilarity, funniness, and just downright ridiculousness that you guys create as part of this podcast and kind of exude. It's it's beautiful. <laughs> can, can I mention that after you left, you only had one of those like drinking archaeology, talking beer. And it was when that hole in paper came out about the Cerruti Mastodon site. And we all went to your old house where David and Craig were living and discussing it. And David was on the chalkboard. He was like, okay, when did humans migrate out of Africa? And like trying to go through it. And Spencer Pelton's like, yeah, man, like, uh, you know, Steve Holland does good work. So, you know, I can I see this cool. like, yeah, like, I think it's fine. And then he just started like arguing with the rest of us. And we're all just like shocked, staring at him. Like, how can you think this is legit? And I don't think he did, but he just wanted to stir the pot. David's on there in the fucking chalkboard, like drawing out Africa. He's like, okay, so wait, uh, uh, Heidelbergensis, where were they? And like, everyone's just talking around. Eric Robinson's just yelling with Spencer. Like, it was just, it was a fun night. See, that, that was always a thing. Like, I was always about... When I went into grad school, I was always about like the collective whole of anthropology, you know, like the, what do we all think? What is like, what's the consensus? And like, what, what does the public think about this? And like, how do we, how do we spin it kind of thing? I'm well, not spin it. I don't want to say like we're throwing a narrative, but like, <clears throat> I was just always curious to know like how, to, how do, yeah, like how, how do we relay this information to the public? And like, yeah. I'd have everyone come over and I was like, all right, let's do it. And I had like the whiteboard and shit, like, I was like that. Um, I remember, I mean, just like a, a vivid memory of you is when you were defending your thesis. I had forgot you were defending that day. And I had texted you. I was like, hey, man, <laughs> have you left Laramie yet? And you're like, I'm defending right now. <laughs> Todd was like, are you ready to go? And I was like, uh, Carlton's not here yet. And he's like, I think we can start without him. And I was like, yeah, probably. Because <laughs> like the no. room was like full. And I was like, yeah, like I'm not going to wait for Carlton. <laughs> No offense. But like, I got I got there. I remember you're you're in the middle of your presentation to open the door and someone said something and I was like, Yeah, I just told the Tinderella I was with that I had a bail and just like went in and just like sat down in my seat and watched David's experiment. Oh. That was like one of my favorite days of my life was presenting that. It was like super fun. Mostly because it's like it's just three years of like your life just finally done. You're like, oh but um, yeah. To answer your question before, I forgot what it was. Wait, Connor, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, yeah, that release of getting it done. But he asked, um, you know, like, what, what do you, what, what do you think about? What do you, you know, what, how can you reflect on, you know, what's happened in the last year in this podcast? Oh right, um, it's interesting for me. And for on sure, my note, like, we're going to a break. Oh. <laughs> oh Jesus. Yeah, I guess, I guess okay, we'll just leave a cliffhanger. So uh <laughs> good one, Connor. Uh we'll be right back with uh segment two of a Life in Ruins episode twenty-two, our one year podcast bursary to hear about uh what David thinks about this past year. So uh stay tuned, listen to the sweet, silky, Scottish smooth voice of uh Tristan Boyle with uh these apps from Timulate. He's North Irish. Welcome back to segment two of episode 22 of a Life in Ruins podcast. Uh, we're here. It's just the boys for our podcast diversary episode. Yeah. So, uh, David, your big takeaway from this past year of being a uh, pr- prominent member of the Life in Ruins podcast? Um, I don't really know. <laughs> I had like a while to think about it on the break. Um, it's hard to say. Cause I like ethno kind of like blew up at the same time. So like they kind of go in tandem for me, but like, I guess the takeaway from the podcast is just like, well, you know what I would say we got several people interested in archeology span and we got a lot of people from ethno over to the podcast and a lot of people from the podcast over to ethno. And I did notice like when I would post stories on ethno about like archaeology, like when I did like the questions, there would be a lot of stuff like about how do I do this as a career and things like that. And I'd see like overlap with the podcast and they'd be over on there too. Or like, I heard you guys talking about on the podcast, something about this. Can you explain that more? If that makes sense. Um, and like, it was just the, the people are coming 
between both avenues to talk and either way, like we're the goal of both of our creative outlets is working. Like we're, we're getting people access to scientists that are helping the public and definitely through our memes and like, uh, the posts on our podcast, like I'll see people commenting like educated questions or, you know, comments about anthropology, archaeology, which is like something I like to see. So like people out there that I don't know are like commenting something like astute about Boaz and like, oh, cool. You know, like that's, that's, that's I like so, that a lot. So it's not, yeah, so it's not, it's, it's not that they're answer. like uh, intertwined, but they're, um, they're supporting each other in both ways because your ethno account is kind of focusing specifically on the dog human dog relationship, but you can still answer some of those questions over there, but you also, so it like, it's, yeah, for sure. Like, like someone from the, the pod, no, go, go. sorry, you go. Someone from the podcast said, I heard you mention, or I heard Carlton mention that you're a collections manager and they DM'd me on the ethno and said, can you tell me how you got there? Like, how do I do that? And I gave them the whole, like, Jesus Christ, it's really hard. <laughs> um, but, like, that came, they heard that on the podcast, got introduced to Ethno through that, followed me. And then the reason they DM'd me about that was because I posted something about collections management on Ethno that day. So, like, people are coming back and forth between the two and feel comfortable asking That's questions, it. you know? Can, yeah. can I just, like, go ahead and, like, recently you know, mention since the last time we recorded like our podcast inspired or like there's a comic illustrator that listens to our podcast while she's doing her drawings. Yeah. That was cool, man. Can you tell us about that? Cause I, I was kind of like out of it this week. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I don't know why my mic levels are fucking sucking right now. Um, I probably just need a new mic. Um, yeah. I'm like whispering into the mic for some reason. No, but you always come out solid. So, uh, as some people have seen on the Instagram, like I've gotten into science communication and talking about archaeological content through comics because it's a nice visual representation of what we do. And also because of how comics are structured, I have to be really specific about what I say, which helps me condense like these complex narratives and simplify them. And um, I guess like a couple weeks ago now, I, I posted a thing on my personal Instagram account um, at Pawnee Archaeologist about all these Scott McCloud books. And Scott McCloud does is like a famous comic writer, and uh, she this this uh, illustrator. Her name's Mariah. Her Instagram is at Mariah B Story. Messaged me and like with help and, and like and I was like, oh sweet. And she's like, yeah. By the way, this is my. Um, comic it's six petal pyramid and uh honestly I, you know i listened to your guys's podcast and you guys inspired me and also dig it with raven who we've had on the show and dr anderson we've had on the show and she sent me this behind the scenes video of her doing a comic and like talking about me david and connor and like how she listens to archaeological content how it inspired her to do this this comic book and this comic series um and i was just like fucking blown away we featured her on the instagram and we uh, we've commissioned her to do like a movie poster style thing. It's like me, David, Connor, dig it with Raven, um, Nadia archaeology, Tosh archaeo, um, archaeology gains, and uh, Amelia forgetting somebody. And, uh, Amelia. Amelia and Amelia archaeology. So it's like a bunch. It's like a bunch of archaeologists who are I would say prominent in the social media sphere. Like we've we're, we hired this girl to do a like a movie poster of, of all of us in comic form. Um, and like honestly, that that shit made my week. Um, yeah, I mean to hear that like we inspired somebody, and which is just like crazy because like I just treat this no. as like me and my two best bros dorking about archaeology with some guests and. Um, the impact, like, I, I don't think I fully appreciated the impact we, we were having. Yeah. But um, I, through this but podcast. I think, um, so I, when I, we've, it's we've crazy. kind of discussed this is that we kind of want, you know, I think we want to, to be able to hit, um, you know, target these audiences that are kind of up and coming and, you know, that the, the next age of archeologists, um, that's, 
definitely where we want some of our content to go uh, just because we want those people to, you know, be inspired and, you know, do awesome, make these awesome comics or, you know, go to the you know, Mississippi state shout out to Caleb Welch. We love you. Um, we want, we want those people, Caleb Welch. Woo, woo. <laughs> we want people, those people to digest this information like super. So I, you know, I think it's always kind of been a goal with us and maybe it's just worked out like that. I don't know. I could be, I'm rambling a little bit, but you know, I think I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see that it actually came well, to fruition. I mean, that's a good segue. Like actually, I don't even, I don't, I don't even know the answer to the question I'm about to ask, but like Connor, what, why did you even become an archaeologist? Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, uh, I, I was born in, born in Washington, um, the state, and then moved to Bailey, Colorado when I was super young, and I was always, uh, I was always the dinosaur kid growing up. So I, I still have some of the books I have, like the. I watched all those walking with dinosaurs and walking with the prehistoric beasts and shit. Um, and then those kind of evolution ones too. Um, so I was just like this huge fucking paleontologist nerd. Like I even made like a little like trifold brochure about how I was going to be an archeologist in like fourth grade. And yes, I didn't have any friends. No. Okay. <laughs> I find that hard to believe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Sam, I'm like, you fucking son of a bitch. That's such a lie. Um, yeah, so I was always the dinosaur kid. I've always been interested in the past. Um, and then I had some pretty epic experiences um, visiting Mesa Verde, um, visiting uh, Chicken Pizza down in um, the the Maya. I, Dr. Anderson would give me shit for my pronunciation, but Chichen, Chichen Itza, something like that. Is that right? You gotta you gotta put your tongue between your teeth and put the air come out the sides or the fuck Devin said. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was with the Nahuatl language. This is my. Oh right, I'm being insensitive. <laughs> Shit, fuck me, Harry. Right, keep going. Yeah, so I visited. Well, no, they're both they're both Uto uh, Aztec languages, right? No, no, Maya, you, you Maya know, is not a Uto Aztec. It's language. mine, right? It's own thing. But you but we it. we digress. That's why I'm gonna stick to. <laughs> we digress. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah, so I visited those, those sites and kind of got super interested in the past and was like, okay, you know, this could be my cup of tea. You know, these people are building these crazy ass pyramids, um, and just making this ornate artwork like where, and I really wanted to figure out where we come from as, as humans. So I got sucked into going to Colorado State University, go Rams, fuck the buffs, um, and did their did my undergraduate in anthropology there, um, and then you know did my field school, and you know ultimately was sold. It was just it just <laughs> became my life. Hey, piss off. <laughs> um, Sorry, I thought I was muted. <laughs> how, how long did it take you to get a, a job after you got your master's at Wyoming? Uh, I wasn't technically finished. I was all ABT, all but thesis. So it, it, I was in my final year classes when I got my job. So I got lucky. Just a go-getter over here. Shit. <laughs> no. You worked your ass off, man. I, I lived with Connor. I don't know if you guys know this, but like he'd get home and you just work on his computer. And I remember you like, I remember you at least like looking for jobs really hard. Um, and you like, her stressing out about the interview and then you just like went and got it and you're like hey, i got the job i'm moving and i was like well good for you yeah, yeah like, i haven't even finished yet well it's not the you know and isn't it the same with you though mr mr ethno I, f- I feel like that was also you know kind of segueing no. into no. No. <laughs> <laughs> shit okay um but yeah yeah i just got lucky um so Carlton, you know, I think I should know this answer to this question, but you know, what's, what's your story? What's your, what's your background? Can we ask David first? I'm like actually genuinely curious. I also don't know that answer either. Okay. David, go. 
you guys you guys know i i don't know dude i just like yeah i don't know like i mean i'm i'm the youngest out of the UW crew like connor was gone before i started david was the cohort before me and i was just uh random ass virginia frat bro with native american heritage that just kind of showed up accurate and yeah um uh i guess man like i grew up uh on long island everyone knows that and then uh i watched a lot of bill nye watched a lot of um like history channel discovery channel zero and was always really into that i would read like those picture books that were like encyclopedia of the ancient world like encyclopedia of ancient greece i don't know if you guys saw i forget what company makes those but i was like addicted to them uh i'd read them all the time i could just spout off facts and then we would go into the city and go to like the museum of natural history all the time check out the dinosaurs i'd go for my birthday we go on weekends all the time um field trips and stuff I was just always really into it i loved archaeology um and then i went to college for history and then I was like, eh, it's a lot of reading and I like can't read. So, the, <laughs> um, and then a lot of writing papers, which like I enjoy, I enjoy writing. And then, but then I took an anthropology class and I was like, whoa, okay, this is human evolution. So science check. This is primates. I love primates check. Like that's the Steve Irwin, Jane Goodall stuff. And then cease and desist order check. And then, um, <laughs> That was a call back to the beginning of the episode. Cool. And then uh, what else was there? Archaeology, you know, check and cultural. And then we got the first episode, first episode, first class, we got to watch Dave Chappelle. And we're talking about how like his blind white supremacist skit was, you know, cultural anthropology at its finest. And I was like, you know what? It like is. And like I was sold. And then I went to, U- I transferred, that was UT Chattanooga, transferred to UT Knoxville, ended up working at Topper with David G. Anderson. Um, and then went to Wyoming, uh, where I met Shane at, at uh, UT, um, went to Wyoming and yeah, then now I'm here. So I just, I always had an interest in that, that public aspect of it. And uh, Shane and I kind of touched on this last week, but like Topper always was very big on having volunteers and they had a huge volunteer component and like half the people there were like really good volunteers. Like they could dig, they taught me how to dig. Like they were really good at it. Um, just like kind of LaPrell or, mm-hmm. or Hellgap. Um, so like part of my experience learning how to dig and how to do field archeology span was also learning how to interact with the public and how to teach archeology span on tours and things like that. So that this kind of shaped how, where I am now. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at. And then Carlton, I, all I know is you were in a fret. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think this might, I think this might go into the next session, but like, I actually have like two, two like kind of prominent questions for you guys. Like I guess, David, what has been the most like profound moment that you've had being an archeologist, either like research wise or in the field? Hmm. Wait, was that to me? Yeah. Yeah. You first and I'll, and then Connor profound moment um, or, mem- or memorable experience I guess uh, memorable experience I would say probably finding or not me finding it but just like the the field like the field crew it, finding the fucking the Clovis point at LaPrell um, yeah that yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I've talked about that. I mean, that just in, in terms of like going out there to find what you're looking for, like, and everyone being like, yo, and like celebrating it. But field experience, like f- in terms of like just having a great time all around my first season at Topper, it's where I met Ryan and Kelsey, um, just got introduced to archaeology. And that's the, so here's the other thing, man. I was like super shy did not talk to anybody, had really bad social anxiety. Like it's just weird because I know I do all this like public stuff. Uh, couldn't talk to anybody like other than my friends in college. Um, and then I like on a whim was like, you know, I'll do this field school thing. It was like an impromptu, like a, a week long spring break field school at Topper. And I was like, I'll do it. Um, cause I wanted to try it. And I like went out and had like the best week of my life, like doing this like stuff with 
and all these people that were like into the same stuff as me and they were all had like the same kind of like life views as me, same political views. And I was like, whoa, like this is so cool. And like you're outside like digging holes. And like that's when I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. And like I'm still like best friends with them now. I'd say that's like profoundish. What about you, Connor? Um, you know, I definitely I would agree with you same um with the field school you know that was one of those moments that you you'll have those friends for probably the rest of your life um just because the experiences yeah, you go through. yeah yeah exactly yeah you go through the ups and downs of being outside um but I, I one of the eye-opening things that I and this is gonna be quick is I just you know I I found or was with a group of people who found you know these 10,000 year old or around there that's what they think they are you know projectile points in the middle of nowhere wyoming like in the mountains in the back country so it's just like this this insane not realizing that native americans were living all across everywhere almost every environment in the u.s that just like blew my mind even at like ten thousand years ago i just couldn't i couldn't handle it that's dope yeah, that's just dope. And I guess, like on on that note, uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up this segment. Uh, we'll be back with uh, segment three of more of a Life in Ruins podcast, episode twenty two, our podcast anniversary. So uh, stay tuned and enjoy these awesome, awesome ads from our sponsors. Welcome back to episode twenty two of a Life in Ruins podcast. We are in segment three of the anniversary show. Um, we ended that last segment asking um, Carlton asked us a question about like what was your most profound and kind of important moment or exciting moment you had in archaeology, um, and we want to reverse that question back to him. So. Carlton, what's uh, what's the scoop? Yeah, uh, do you guys also want to know like how I got into archaeology and all that, all that jazz? Yeah, give us the origin um, story. Yeah. Okay, the origin story. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess like it all, it all started when I was probably in high school. Um, I was with my dad and younger brother, and my dad's like 2004 beige, uh, beige Jeep, uh, not Jeep Liberty. Not the Wrangler. What's that other one? <laughs> it all began in 1993 when I was It playing. was, fuck, what, what the hell was it called? It was 90. Anyway, Wrangler, Grand Yeah, Grand Cherokee. And uh, we were like driving back from like the Wind River Reservation to a Crow Agency where my dad lived at the time. And it was like a summer and we used to hang out with him. And we're like on I-90 going north. And I asked my dad, like... Uh, you know, like, hey, dad, where did where did the Pawnee come from? And um, he was just like, oh, I, you know, we're Aztec, we're related to the Aztecs. And he, the way he explained it was like, you know, the pond, the Skeety Pawnee, which is what I am, are the only U.S. continental tribe that practiced human ritual sacrifice. And uh, there was that correlation of human rich, yeah, I know, human ritual sacrifice between the Pawnee and the Aztecs. He's like Aztecs. I was just like, cool, fun fact. Everyone knew the Aztecs, blah, blah, blah. Well, uh, I, I originally, after high school, joined the Marine Corps, and that didn't work out, so I went to community college, and I was, I was basically going to get a history degree and basically be a high school football coach who also taught history. But I took this like historical archaeology class with Dr. David Clark, who also was a professor at Catholic University and taught at the community college because he had more fun. And when he found out that I was Pawnee, he, um, he like pulled me aside after class and was like, hey... Um, you know, with your background, you should be an archaeologist. We need more indigenous people in the field. And like, he really pushed me like, so like, it, he, I, it was really, I had a professor that was interested in me and wanted me to do well. And he kind of guided me like he took me under his wing and helped me out because I was a shitty student. I had a 2.3 in high school, I could only get in community college. I wasn't doing so hot in community college either. But like he like sparked that passion of archaeology for me. And that same semester, I, I was just like May and I was just like looking online for because my community college didn't actually have a degree in anthropology, or archaeology. They had like a certificate in historic preservation. And I just so happened to uh, find Radford University and they were actually had late enrollment and I applied and got into the anthro program there. So I, I the only 
<laughs> the only college I dropped out of was like community college. I transferred out. Um, <laughs> so the only degree I didn't get was my associate. So, well, and, uh, you're going to go back um, to that anytime I went soon? to Radford. Fuck no. Um, <laughs> they can, no. Um, so I went to Radford and started my anthropology career. And like, you know, Dr. Anderson, when, you know, when I first out, I'm like, no one really gave me any thought until I talked to him. And I, I had this conversation with Dr. Anderson, I was, you know, David S. Anderson. Um, he was on episode like 12 or 13. And uh, I took this class. It was archaeology of chiefdoms. And this moment I remember clearly because there's only seven of us in class. And Dr. Anderson was talking to us about the different Mississippian chiefdoms because there wasn't just one. There was a couple. And one, one stuck out to me, and it was the Cadoan chiefdom, which was the only chiefdom culture west of the Mississippi. And um, Cadoan is the language group that uh, Pawnee, the Pawnee language falls into. So I cornered him after class and uh, asked him, you know, like, hey, you know, I always heard the Pawnees related to the Aztecs, you're a myotologist, and I saw this Cadoan chiefdom, what's the relationship? And uh, Dr. Anderson, like, really carefully told me that they're highly unlikely there wasn't one. And what that meant, it, like, shattered a worldview I had at the time, because up until that point, I'd always thought the Pawnees were related to the Aztecs. And all of a sudden they weren't. And I went, I remember I went home and at this point I had no predilections for going to graduate school. I just wanted to get out, be a shovel bomb or go into marketing and, um, went online to my university's library database and started looking at like Pawnee archeology, span Pawnee history. And, uh, like I couldn't find anything. So, um, that's kind of when I made the decision to go to grad school and research it for myself, find like the Pawnee archeology span of, of, you know, like what, it, like my, the big question I want to answer is like who I am, where did my people come from? Cause everything I found was all like colonial 18th, 19th century. And, and like, I, I realized like my people didn't have a past in that sense. And that really upset me that we didn't have anything like that. And, um, yeah. So then, uh, I started looking at grad schools and honestly, I wanted to move back to Wyoming. That's why I applied to the university of Wyoming. I had no idea who Bob was when I asked for him to be my advisor. I remember you saying that. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to move back to Wyoming to be near my family and be, you know, so that's why like, um, that's why I went to Wyoming and that's why I went to grad school is like, I had this question and that question was like, where did the Pawnee come from? And that's why my thesis is on like Pawnee origins. Um, and you know, honestly, like it, I did nothing for my thesis. I mean, like Roger Echohawk collected the oral traditions, Robert or um, not Robert, um, Eric hooked me up with the Bayesian and the radiocarbon stuff. And Bob kind of gave me a help, but all I did was just plug shit into a computer I didn't come up with anything new. I just kind of used a bunch of different methods that are already available and smashed them together to make a question. And then, uh, it was like at Wyoming, did I kind of really like being a grad student and like the questions? And that's why I went to Boulder and, uh, to get my PhD is, you know, at Wyoming, I realized there weren't many indigenous archeologists that no one was really talking about the indigenous or using indigenous perspectives. So, I wanted to continue that at Boulder and got myself, you know, I got accepted to Wyoming to stay for a PhD, but you know, no one really, no one does central plain stuff there as much as I would have wanted to stay mm -hmm. and loved everyone who I was with. But you know, Dr. Bamforth, who's my advisor now works in Nebraska and you know, it was just a better fit. So I'm like the only, the whole reason I'm an archeologist is I just had like a passion for history at first that, uh, and I just had a question about who I was and by extension, who my people were and archaeology is like kind of the best tool to figure out those questions. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you because, um, I talked to a lot of people and I'm not super proud of kind of my thesis and I know, you know, it varies, you know, from person to person, how much they enjoyed their thesis or they, how they much they actually, um, thought they got out of it. But to me, every time we've had this conversation about your thesis, I always feel like, um, 
you're proud of it and you're proud of answering the question. Um, and is that kind of how you feel? I, you really come off like you should be, and you should be proud of it. You answered a really fundamental, interesting question, which you started in grad school, you know, to answer. So, I mean, do you, are you proud of, of kind of that work, even though you just kind of trashed it a little bit, but. I, I mean, I'm proud of it, but I, you know, I always give credit to where credit's due, like Dr. Eric Robinson, Michael Page, Bob Kelly, um, Roger Echohawk and like the state archeologists of Nebraska, Rob Bozell and the state archeologists of Kansas. I think like my biggest issue, I mean, not issue, but like something, the reason why I've been bojangling on getting my thesis published is it means so much to me that if I put it open, put it, if I get it published, if people criticize it, I'm going to take it personally, you know, cause if it's a bunch of like old white guys in archeology span who have really no stake in the archeological record here to like to have someone try to tell me I'm wrong, like as both of you know, I'm a rather like emotional person. So I'm proud of the thesis. It means a lot to me, probably more, you know, it, mean, it means more to me than I think other, I mean, everyone's proud of their thesis. Everyone's proud of their research, but like the, the meaning behind yeah. my research, like that gives me an identity mm-hmm. and to have someone question it will, will piss me off. Yeah. So like, that's why I've been, I've been working on getting it published with Dr. Robinson and like refining it with Dr. Bamforth. So that way, like to make the best case possible to tie up any loose ends. So I'm proud of it. Um, you should be. It's man. meant a lot really to the Pawnee be. Nation. Yeah. And honestly, it's, it's mostly, you know, it's just, to me, it was just common sense. It was like, well, how do we interpret the archeological record? And it's like, well, why don't we just ask the indigenous people? And it just so, you know, and, you know, for the indigenous side, it's like they don't have the same knowledge archaeologists. Basically, it's like, you know, it's like making a rope. You need a multiple threads to make a stronger rope. And I see archaeology needs oral traditions and oral traditions in archaeology. Like they're two peas in a pod. So, you know, I'm just hesitant for the academic side of getting questioned for it and for the indigenous side for being seen as like maybe, you know, um, uh, what you know, what they call a red apple, red on the outside, white on the inside. So, you know, kind of building off that um, earlier, was it right between the first and second segments? Um, we spoke, we reached out to one of our favorite um, listeners who's very active um, on Instagram and talking to us. Um, and we really enjoy his engagement. Um, so we want to shout out to Caleb Welch. And we asked him, Caleb Welch. You know, said, yeah. Um, ask us to send us some questions about, uh, you know, for us to answer about us personally. Because we, we, <laughs> we don't do that very there often. I was waiting for it. Um, and kind of building off that, Carlton. Uh, so he asked, like, specifically, um, kind of, where do you see, um, let me, one second, let me get to the actual question. Jesus H. I should have been prepared. I got him. And then um, like to answer your first question about like my most memorable experience. Um, honestly, it was probably working in um, rock shelter during the graduate session with Bob Kelly and we found a bone needle and Bob Kelly was like, you know, I've only found one of these in my entire career and we found two in the same day at this site. Keep digging. And that was just really mem- um, more memorable. But uh, shit, man. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut, so. cut that, that piece off from you. Um, no, dude, you're good. I talked a lot. <laughs> no. So Caleb asked, um, Carlton, where would you like to see indigenous archaeology go in the future, especially in regards to new forms of media? Uh, what I'd like, I would like to see a more in- indigenous people in the field or people of indigenous descent. Um, off the top of my head, I can only think of two Plains indigenous archaeologists. That's me and Emily Van Alst. We have a bunch wow. of tippos, which are kind of trained. I mean, but like, it would really be cool to have, honestly, I would lose my shit if I had another Pawnee archaeologist who is South Band and a Rikara archaeologist and a Wichita archaeologist. And we could have this like Cadoan archaeology cult where I can nerd out <laughs> with some of my 
cultural cousins and we can like kind of make some moves. So honestly, I just want to see more indigenous people in the field and realize like archaeology isn't a devil science that if it's done from an indigenous perspective, it's a useful tool rather than um, a weapon of the enemy. Oh, awesome, man. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Caleb, for that very insightful question. Um, he did pass along one to David as well. Um, so any plans to expand the cave inside your house? So for those that don't know, David has a fucking amazing like paleolithic cave set in his office that he films things from. Why are you playing the Emperor's March? Because I just got a piano app on my phone because I have ADHD. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we said Caleb Welch. I was like, oh, Star Wars. Um, anyway, continue. I have a, what was the question? Are you going to expand the cave in your house? Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think for, you know, the sake of my landlords uh, and my wallet when I leave said landlord's house, I'm not. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to expand it, but I'm definitely going to add more like paintings to it for sure. Um, I'm going to do the Bob Ross video here soon. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, and I, I'm trying to add the ethnosynology logo to it, but I'm torn because I don't want to add paw prints to it because then it's bad, bad, uh, um, you guys are going to make fun of me for being a post-processualist, but it's a bad omen for the, uh, you know, the prey species that are already painted on the walls. If I put canid paintings on the walls, you know, that'll scare them away. Go. Next. Get. <laughs> it's actually an interesting theory <laughs> proposed by uh, Pat Shipman. And she said that if you look at Lascaux and Chauvet, like the big caves or like the huge, big cave panel paintings there, there's no canids and they think that maybe they didn't put humans or canids on those paintings because it would like, you know, possibly it was taboo. We don't know. Just talk to Bernie Taylor. Anyway, next question. <laughs> Ooh, speaking, can I, can I, can I like promote some of our bonus episodes coming out? Um, yeah, maybe not. let's not try, let's try not to throw the guy under the bus, but yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I mean, just like, all right, so just for our listeners to know, me, David, and Connor have each our yeah, each recording or have recorded a bonus episode for the Archaeology Podcast Network membership. Um, I do an episode with Lana, who's a cognitive science PhD student, and uh, Emily from episode three, who does rock art. Um, we kind of talk about what Bernie, Bernie. Bernie's content on his episode and we talk about the episode more critically through a scientific lens. Um, David will be doing an episode on dogs and Connor's bringing uh, tentatively bringing um, Brian Schroeder back on and they're going to be talking about some fun archaeology. So um, just keep that in mind. We'll do a whole promo for it. Um, so just some extra content that we're doing for our faithful listeners. Um, and I guess Connor, one last question um, from the, from the Welch himself um, for you, um, it's, <sighs> do you have any advice for anyone taking, for someone taking archeology span classes online over the summer? And, you know, like, I mean, do you have advice for undergrads in anthropology and how to, how to be successful and academically? Uh, no, because I wasn't, um, but no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. So just talk to your professors, take your time to meet professors, go meet with them in office hours, um, all that sorts of thing. Um, put in the effort to get a good relationship with professors and things will, things will line up. Um, you know, I'm hopefully we're not doing all online courses. Yes, is not available on this device. Eat shit, Alexa. Shut the fuck up, Alexa. Uh, okay, sorry, Jeff Bezos. No, now my off. Alexa's going. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, just uh, if hopefully we're not doing online online classes because archaeology classes in person are better hands on, um, and they're awesome. And you know, I for, I, I want to thank Caleb Welch for all those fuck awesome questions. And we have this tradition; it's like the dab in hot ones. We got to ask the question, Carlton.
would you choose to live a life in ruins? Well, I choose to live in life in ruins. Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think uh, I'm happy where I am. If I hadn't chosen to live life in ruins, I wouldn't have met you and David and the wonderful people at Radford, Wyoming, or Boulder. Um, I think anthropology and archaeology is ex- is an extremely useful and pertinent field of study, and it can answer a lot of questions and be used to, uh, you know, predict future events um, through our understanding of past human behavior. So, uh, no, I'd absolutely live a life in ruins. I'm not in it for the money. I'm in it to get on every two weeks with my two best bros and talk talk archaeology and uh, do research, make comics. This, I mean, you know, you, when you study human culture holistically, uh, I think you become a better human being. Um, I second that. Yeah, man. So I agree. This is this is the fucking life. We get to enjoy summers out in the field. Um, you just get to learn so much, and uh, through learning about past humans, you get to learn more about yourself. I wouldn't trade that for anything in the world. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. So uh, with that. This has been uh, Life and Ruins episode. Thank you, David. No one gives a No, shit. I'd be an aerospace engineer. <laughs> yeah. I would have been a NASA astronaut. Um, I mean, David, yeah, would you? Would you choose a Life and Ruins again? Uh, I think about this a lot. Um, I think I might have, I have so many interests I probably would have ended up doing some other science like zoology or something like that. And then I'd be in the same, like, what do I do with my length? So I'd probably be in the same boat. So I'd probably end up doing this. Uh, maybe, maybe film school. What about you, Connor? Would you choose to live a life in ruins again? Uh, I have no other mar- marketable skills. So yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I mean, like just for audience, it's been, we've been on for an, for a year. We were scheduled right now till September and we're already starting to fill slots. Like, uh, Jesus, if you've been with us for this long, just hang tight for, we'll be on. I think we're going to be on for a while. Um, thank you everybody for listening to us this past year and following us on Instagram. Um, send us emails, let us know what you think, what questions you have, like, uh, we're in it for the long haul, for better, for worse. Um, it's about to get weird. It's, uh, yeah, it's about to get weird. If you, if you want to be on, let us know. We fucking love having yeah. people asking us to be on. Bob Kelly asked us to be on. So just hit us up. If you have friends, let us know. And, and we'll, we'll post them. We'll have them on. We want to, we want to hear more from our audience. We want to hear more um we want to have a more diverse range of people in the field of archaeology or anthropology. We've done what? We've done we've had primatologists on, paleontologists on. Jesus, episode five, we had a dinosaur lady on. Woo, it's been a ride. Well, uh, Connor, David, thank you so much for indulging me and getting on a podcast with me. You guys have become two of my closest and dearest friends through this whole journey. I'm excited to... Uh, Thanks, man. I'm excited to see where this goes. Hopefully, you guys will be here for planes. We got SAAs next year. Now this year's been canceled. Um, so with that, this has been episode uh, fuck twenty two <laughs> of a Life in Ruins podcast. The entire year. Um, with that, me, David, and Connor are out. Thanks for listening to a Life in Ruins podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at a Life in Ruins podcast. And you can also email us at a Life in Ruins podcast at gmail.com. And remember, make sure to bring your archaeologists in from the cold and feed them beer. So on this anniversary episode, I'm going to give all you people out there a break from hearing my shitty jokes. We're going to pass it along to Mr. David Ian Howe. All right. You guys want to hear something funny? I fucking hope it's funny. One time I met a graduate student with really good mental health.
Is is that the joke? Yeah. I don't believe you. That's why it's a joke, because it's not real. Yep. (laughs) Yep. I have another joke. Uh, That's actually a joke. Okay. Um, I used to have two kidneys. And guess what? What? Now I have two adult adult knees. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you everybody for your shitty jokes. We'll be back with another year more of shitty jokes. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of your day. This show is produced by the Archaeology Podcast Network, Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle in Reno, Nevada at the Reno Collective. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.